Bolton Welsh this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and I'm here talking all things Salford Devils. Joining me the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How are you doing, Parker, after you're up last week? Are you recovering well? Yes, yeah, thank you very much, yeah. Yeah, it's all gone well, apparently. We've, it's been a success, so hopefully in the next sort of week or so we should get my vision back, fingers crossed from there. I, still, I won't have super eyesight, but it'll be better than it has been, so that was good. Uh, they, did a, yeah, they did a really good job, but it did mean, obviously, couldn't watch the game on Saturday night, which I know we'll talk about, but may, may have been a blessing. I might have just timed it just right. All good, all good. Looking forward to this Friday. Big, big, big game. Could could turn out to be an amazing night, or it could go, could end the season. But that's the joy of watching Salford, isn't it? You just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, good to see that you're recovering. Good to see you protecting it well with that eye patch there. You've not got like a laser beam ready to point it under that, have you? Yeah, like number two from Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's just a bit, bit of protection underneath as well, just in case. Keep the Keep anything out. It shouldn't be there. Keep putting the drops in and I'll be fine. I'll be all right this time next week, I think. Good stuff. Also joining us, we got Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul, obviously, summer's drifting away. Rain's coming. It's getting cold. Getting busy? Yeah, it's not been too bad. Not been too bad. Um, it's just a travelling about and that that's, um, that does me head in a bit. But I had a nice day on, was it Wednesday? Mm. What day we on today? No, yesterday, Tuesday. I was in Cheadle. I normally stop off for a brew round there because you're right under the flight path to the airport because I like the airplanes. And I know that the the Emirates, the big the big massive Emirates comes in at 10 to 12 or about 5 to 12. So I was hanging about near the petrol station it come right in, right right over the top of me. So that was a, a good sight. But I'd left my phone in the van so I couldn't get a picture of it. But no, I've been doing all right. I've been working in Warrington today. Worked in three houses actually. They were all Warrington Wolf supporters. And uh, what? It's funny because we were having a chat and that and... All three blokes uh, said the same thing to me. They're not bothered about Friday night. It'll be better if Warrington don't finish in the playoffs. And I thought, you know what? If that's the mentality their supporters and their clubs got, they might go and get lamped against Huddersfield. They, they mm. just—they all said the same thing. Where yeah, there's no point in us finishing it now. And I thought, well, there's probably not a lot of point in us finishing it. But it's pride, isn't it? You want to finish in there and finish top six. So, so yeah, let's roll on, roll on Friday night. Let's turn Catalans over. Yeah, shows how far. Warrington's mentality for all them from being like a team that wanted to get into a, a grand final, Challenge Cup final. Now they're like, well, just yeah. skip the playoffs, not be bothered. That's, that's not a good sign, that, is it? No, no. Well, a few of them were slagging people off the club. I won't, I won't name names, but um, a lot of unrest there, I think, at Warrington. I think they pinned a lot of hopes on on Sam Burgess next season, which is a bit of a gamble, really, isn't it, I suppose? But you know, nobody seemed to have a good word to say about Daryl Powell, but I, I'm not so sure because... Everything I've heard about him is that people have all said, oh, he come in and he upset the apple cart. But it sounds to me like he come in and he wanted to be a bit of a disciplinarian. But I don't think that's the Warrington way. I think they like it easy, don't they? And a bit of a drinking culture there. And they're a bit of a fair weather team. And that's that's the impression I've always got about Warrington. But no, people have, have, from outsiders, they seem to have, have good views on Salford because the, the three men I spoke to today were all the same. They said, oh, we like Salford, we like the club, Paul Roller's a good coach, wish we had Paul Roller. And so we must be doing something right. And I always f- feel it's nice when I'm at work and I talk about Salford to people and they're, they're Wigan supporters, Saints supporters, whoever. And they always seem to have a bit of respect for us now. And um, I think that's a good thing. It just shows how the club's going in the right direction. So, so yeah, uh, I, uh, I like my little chats today and uh, yeah, keep spreading the word for our, our club. Good stuff. Good stuff. I've got two bits of news. 
that's happened this week. First bit of news, Paul. I was on BBC Radio Manchester on Saturday night, commentating on Salford and Hull Kings Rovers. Dream come true for me after 20 years uh, doing it for Micron Video through the club and the DVDs and then on, on to RDTV. I got an opportunity and I can't thank BBC Radio Manchester enough for giving me that and uh, commentating on the biggest game of the season as well. It was uh, fantastic. You were sat next to me, Paul. Nearly had a bit of a moment when uh, Partington nearly went over, <laughs> but it was really good fun. I tried to keep signalling to you when there was a few iffy decisions and you didn't, you weren't too sure what the referee had given, so I was trying to help you out, but... No, it was great because I, I was listening in and just being sat near and um, you and Chris Charles I thought were great. I thought it was really good. It was like my own personal commentary <laughs> on the game and uh, no, I enjoyed it. And Sam Luckley's mum was sat a few seats down from us as well. She had a good chat with her and she was saying at half time about how she listened to the podcast and how it was really good with Sam and that. And I just thought it was really nice of her to, to say that. So I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game and not the result, but I tell you what, I thought your commentary was excellent. Really enjoyed that. I thought the atmosphere... I said that on my video, in my report. It's probably the best atmosphere I've been in this season. I thought the Old Kingston Rovers supporters were outstanding. I thought they made that so partisan and the noise. The atmosphere was just electric, wasn't it, in the in the stadium on Saturday night? And um, and yeah, it was a it's a tough place to go. That I think anyone who goes there if they get a home um, game in the playoffs, it's the, the, that crowd gives them a ten point start really with the noise and the ferocity of them. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for the positive comments. Really good. Obviously, with the way Super League is going now, Parky, with all the uh, games being on TV, Sunday mm. might be the end for me, possibly, after 20 years. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. We don't really know. But it's good that I ended up, obviously, doing BBC Radio Matches, which had been an ambition of mine forever. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why it would be. I don't see too much changing in that way. I know you're saying about all being, there'll be everything will be covered, but I don't really understand the broadcasting side of it in terms of the future. So I, I don't see, I don't see what you do is changing too much. In fact, it may just open up more doors and more opportunities. Now, hopefully, I mean, I, I like our DTP, but I'd like it to be a bit more kind of, I don't know, fan focused and so on. I think. I think you doing a commentary on it would be like live if, if that was at all possible. I know that, again it's all that broadcasting, but that sort of thing would be would be brilliant rather than having to wait a few days till it comes out or whatever else. But to, yeah, no, I think I think it'll go. I think it'll do well. I think and I've listened to obviously I've listened to Paul in the past. I think you both do an, an unbelievable job of it because it's. I know when I sit at home and I watch football or I even watch Sky and I listen to Bill Arthur and he bumbles along and says some absolute nonsense. And I'm screaming at the teller. It's a lot easier to do when you're sat on your couch. I'm sure when you're there and the pressure's on and the action's happening, to get everything right, to get every player right and, and all the names and everything else, it, it must be chaos. It must be so hard to do. So don't envy the pair of you when you do it, but you, you, you do it really well. Yeah, just moments like that, Park, you just got to buy yourself about a second to look at the look at the, the player. Sometimes they turn, they turn their back on you, so you don't know who it is because they're that far away. So you're just hoping to say something to give them a moment to turn around so you can see the number go. That's then. Plus, sometimes you can tell by the build sometimes who it is. Mm. But yeah, sometimes it can be can be difficult. But yeah, loved every minute of it. Big thanks to everyone for, for all the positive comments and we'll see what happens uh, next. Second bit of news. The big bit of news, right? Six, eight weeks ago, we mentioned, well, the British Independent Podcast Awards 2023. We had to provide some highlights and some written stuff to them for them to have a look at and decide if we were in the mix. 
Parker, right? It's not good news. Because it's great news. Shortlisted twice. For two awards. So we'll be going to King's Palace, King's Cross, to go and see if we can win. Well, we've been shortlisted for the best independent sports podcast and the best jingle 2023. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's uh, blown away. Blown away. Unbelievable. How how we manage that? Mano. That's, that is well, absolutely... I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say, to be honest. I think it's very rare and lost for words, as people know. Oh, my God. Right, well. Paul? Yeah. Thoughts? I'll, I'll think, well, I'll think Parker, my posh can, Parts, thoughts while Parky poses himself? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, that's great. It sounds great. I mean, who's, who's voted that then, like listeners and that? Or, no, or it's, like our fellow it's, podcasters? No, it's, it's independent. It's podcast professionals in the industry so we right. basically had to put our highlights together didn't we and then they looked they listened to all the highlights they have a look at our socials and have a look at what we do and then we're in the mix there's seven in the shortlist it's like i said it's a national competition so yeah it's it's an it's an amazing achievement okay I, I can't thank our, our listeners enough for supporting us through, through the years the club and and the players for engaging with us my wife and your two wives for letting us disappear for like three hours once a week. I want obviously want to thank the MIG podcast group who support me and, and give me ideas and stuff like that, the technical side of it. But I also want to thank you two guys because without you two, it'll just be me chatting nonsense for, for, for how long I could last because you two bring the, the knowledge, you bring the passion and it's uh, this podcast, it wouldn't be the same without you two. Thank you, Rob. Kind of. I, just, I, to say, I mean, I just, I'm just kind of staggered that, like, like you said, every week it's just three lads and a laptop and everything. But it's, it, it's that we're such, in so many ways, a small fish in a small pond when it comes to rugby league and to to solve the rugby league club, which is not a massive name in sporting terms nationally, to be actually even in the running for something like this. I mean, that is that's tremendous. It really is, and like you just said there, I mean. If it wasn't for the listeners, it wouldn't be, there'd be no point. We wouldn't yeah. be going anywhere. So thanks to you lot for, for sticking with us every week and, and listening to me moan. I, I, <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm blown away, really. I'm, that's fantastic news. It's, yeah, it's probably cheered me up, that, actually. really yeah. has. So that's that's the big news I've been going on about on, on, on our socials. Big news for us. And that's great. Roll on the, the 30th of October. And you never know, we might be bringing the cup home, Paul. What day is the 30th of October? Monday. Do I need to get a day off work then? You will. Unless you can oh, find okay. some dollars to fix in King's Cross. Uh, nah, book a day's holiday. <laughs> I'm going, but not doing boils in London, blimey. They <laughs> <laughs> don't have faxes in London. No, they're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's all the big news. We'll look back at the old King's Cross defeat. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Devils were defeated against Hawkins Rovers away from home on Saturday. They went down to defeat 12 points to nil. Paul, 
I thought the first half, both sides, really intense, played really well. They went in front after a period of pressure from us. Second half, just before half time, like you say, with King V getting Simbin, which we'll come on to in a minute. Second half got a bit, bit scrappy, a bit niggly. And we just couldn't find any momentum or, or sort of way to break all Kings and Rovers down after that. Well, I thought the first half, particularly the first sort of 20 minutes of the, the game, first 15, 20 minutes, we, we dominated it for me. I thought, OK, mm. I looked nervous. It looked a bit jittery. They were the home side. The pressure was on them, really. They were above us at the table. And, yeah, we came out all guns blazing. I mean, they should have scored early doors. They overplayed that one uh, where they burst through. I think it was Schneider who dropped the ball. But, um, after that, we, I think we, we had at least three or four uh, dropouts that we forced and we just couldn't score we just couldn't break them down and I think a lot of credit needs to go to them I thought they defended really really well they were very very organised in defence and then obviously they got that sucker punch try then they broke away uh, and scored and that was a, a real hammer blow that because it had been all Salford and then we we started to implode a bit I thought at the start of the second half we started giving penalties away repeat set six agains and, and what have you and King Von you had a very clumsy challenge we lose him for 10 minutes and but there was still nothing in the game until they kicked that penalty goal to make it 8-0. I think even then we were still in the map. There was nothing in it. But but no, we just we, we never really looked like scoring. The only opportunity he had was when Danny Addy showed some nice footwork and he sent Partington over and the referee called it back for a forward pass. But other than that, we didn't really create anything. And I was watching it and I thought Brodie Croft worked his socks off. Sneedy was working hard. Brian Bradley was working hard. But the forwards, just, they just looked shattered to me. They just looked absolutely shattered. The, the players didn't have anything left after the game. And it was one of them. I come away from it thinking perhaps it's just, just a bit of a bridge too far for us this season. We, we're running out of troops, Rob, aren't we? I think that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. Looking, obviously, talking about the, the Partington sort of try. Was the referee Marcus Griffiths? Uh, no, it's Liam Moore. Um, yeah, Liam Moore. He obviously a lot of people on Twitter are talking about it being flat, and f- the video, the TV view of it, it did look flat. But you've got to give the referee credit because he was in line with the play. And we have a lot of talk, don't we, about referees not being up to standard? But for me, he had the best view in the ground to make that decision. Yeah, if a referee calls a forward pass, Rob, it's difficult because. You don't make any odds because if you go to a big screen, you can't decide a forward pass anyway. So you've just got to go what the referee says and he sees it at quick time. And for me, the 50-50, you get some throughout the season and, and then you don't get some. There's some practice tries we've scored this season probably off forward passes. So so I, I don't think that was a turning point in the game, really. I, I, I come away from the match and I said to you on Saturday night, I thought they were the miles better team. Mm. I thought they deserved the game. I thought they deserved the win. We ran out of steam. We didn't. We had nothing left in that second half. We couldn't get out of our own half, could we? So um, we were never going to win the game. I, th- I think if you'd have played all night, I don't think we'd have scored. It was just one of those, those nights, really. And then you heard all the rumours about the players having an illness and this, that and the other. And it's difficult, isn't it? But I don't think Paul Rowley would use that as an excuse. And I don't think we should use that as an excuse either. I think you've just got to hold your hands up sometimes and say, well, they're a tough side to beat up there. They're a tough side to beat on their own ground. And and they, they were better on the night. Yeah, King V... Sin binned for a late tackle, Paul. I thought it, it was, I don't think it was that late. I, I just thought, like you say, sometimes the ball just moves so quick. I thought it was a bit harsh, but Chris Charles next to me, he, he was the saying, yeah, definite yellow card. One of them things, I suppose, I suppose with King V, that's the nature of the beast. If sometimes he's, he's late or, or high, he gets put in the bin. He's clumsy. <laughs> he's a bit clumsy. I thought he tackled the wrong man. He tackled the dummy runner. That's yeah. what I thought. I thought he, he he just lined up the wrong guy there. So 
it was late, but if that guy had had the ball, he wouldn't have been simbing because it had been a good tackle. But because he's flattened the wrong person and tackled somebody off the ball, that's I think that's what he's what he's given. I don't think it's a two-game ban. But then having said that, he didn't get a ban for that tackle on um, Bevan French at Wigan where he... Um, did he get sent off for that? No, he got Simbin for that, didn't he? And he probably should have got a red card for that because that was a bit high, wasn't it? So I think mm. he just needs to work on his his technique a bit. I think sometimes forwards, when they're big like King, they can mm. they can get wrong, wrong footed a bit and, and it makes you look a bit daft when you when you swing. But yet again this week we're talking about the disciplinary people and just like I was talking to them them wire supporters today. That Paul Paul Vaughan, he's got four matches. It's absolutely ridiculous. He's helping a bloke up off the floor. And he's got four games. Do these people not have any common sense? Do they just do it to wind supporters up? It's, it's just... I mean, the King Bunny are you on? Yeah, I can accept. But some of the, the bands, they're, they're absolutely crazy. I mean, we were talking the other week about Callum Watkins, the ban he got. What, what for? It's just... Ugh. He's turning people off the sport, Rob, it, it really is. But the King Bunny are you on? Hold our hands up, we'll, we'll accept that one. But some of the others are ridiculous. Yeah, Parky, one of your favourite subjects, referees and some dodgy decisions, especially the, the Warrior one, which one uh, Paul's talking about. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen I've seen that on the Twitter and other social media. I, I I still can't work out what 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 the problem is. I don't I don't understand how he's got any type of. I don't know, obviously because of previous or whatever they, they may take all into account, but it was a bit of a strange one that that Vaughan thing. There's absolutely nothing in it. And even if he's been a little bit sarcastic with a player who's on the floor, trying to say "get up, don't be soft." So what? What? what where's Where's the harm? He's not. But I remember years ago, was it Josh Griffin got done for got Simbin and a ban for ruffling someone's hair? Yeah. I mean, come on, this is rugby league. It's, it's ridiculous. But I've not seen the King V one. I've asked people what What was the incident? And nobody seemed to know what had happened. So, like I say, I've not watched it back. I don't know, but. To get a two-match ban for something that seems innocuous to, to most people, even what happened the other week at Wigan, he didn't get a ban. He didn't mm. get off. So what? Where's? There's no follow-up. I don't understand what what the problem is with it. Yeah, th- th- there's no consistency with these these bans and this. And all of a sudden, anything where someone's slightly over the shoulder is now you're getting banned. But you can't bring that in at the end of a season. Bring it in at the start and say anything above the shoulder, you're going. Like, you don't wait till the end of the season when every player's tired and the drain and big games are coming. It, it just seems crazy. But, yeah, I think... I, th- I just want to go back to what, what Paul was saying there about the, the performance and, and so on. We've, we've, I know we mentioned off-air when we were chatting about... We, we've got players in our squad who haven't played enough this year, who haven't put minutes on the pitch, certainly forwards. And that is now having a, an effect on the forwards that are, are out there. Obviously, we lost Shane Wright halfway through the season. A massive blow for for the team because he was he was brilliant. But those other players have had to go out every single week virtually. The, the pack has hardly changed through the year with with the same sort of bunch of players being available. And it gets to this time of the year, and it's no wonder they're tired. Hmm. We need we need if you're going to have bodies in your squad, they've got to be got to be ready to play. I understand certain players will get injured, some will have long term stuff, but we seem to so have. Possibly three or four players there that haven't contributed enough this year and our forwards are now suffering. That's why you get King V making these sloppy mistakes. I mean, the guy's probably drained. It's been a tough season for all of them. All the teams have more players to interchange and bring in and swap over. We haven't got that. And looking forward, 
we can only hope that's something we can address in the in the off season. I don't know whether we can. I don't know what the financial situation looks like. But that's that for me is possibly where we might fall down at the end of the season. The fact that we just haven't had enough bodies to replace some that may maybe playing it shouldn't. I know Cal Watkins has played games where I've looked at him and thought shouldn't be out there at the moment. He's limping. He's not looking right. Other other players in the team. So yeah, it's it, that that's big issue for me. And I do feel for the lads now that are putting their body on the line still, that they're probably just drained. Yeah, two points, Paul. One, um, referees obviously have a chart. I don't They must have rules that they have to follow and it's the way they read it. And obviously these weird decisions they're getting, they're probably going what they, what they say on the, on the rules rather than using the common sense because mm. referees are judged by someone in the stand and I think they go off what, the rules say rather than what common sense says. And also what Parky was saying there, just to, to go back on that. I say a lot of injuries, people left as well. So Paul Rowley's pool of players was always shrinking, wasn't it? So it, it was baffling that the three or four players who, who didn't really get much game time didn't get more. Yeah, but there's there's certain players in the squad who, who are there and seem fit that never play. You see him walking out in the, in the whistling flute every week, don't you, after the match. And mm. Greenwood's one, Dixon's one, Sidlow's one. Paul only signed these players. Well, he didn't sign Greenwood, but he signed the other two. So, uh, and, and a couple of times they've been on the bench and not played. So I don't get that one sometimes when you're tired and you, you're not playing all, all your players. So And he did that a few weeks ago with Jack Armoride as well. So I'm not so sure what's gone on there. But I don't know. You've got to trust what Paulo's judgment, haven't you? But just going back to the, the referees thing, I don't think half the time it's the referees' fault. Um, like the, the the Paul Vaughan thing, it's, mm. it's, the, it's these idiots at the, the review panel. I mean, what, what are they playing at? They just... To me, they're just getting everybody's back. Should be going to social media and Twitter and all that. They're just annoying everybody, annoying all the supporters. And I think they're turning people off the sport. I mean, do we want people to watch rugby league? Because it just makes people so negative, doesn't it? I mean, just use a bit of common sense. It's like the load of school teachers. I know we'll ban him for that. He's, he's done this. Yeah, I think there is something in the letter of the law that says you're not supposed to touch somebody eye once the, the ball's dead. Mm. For me... That is if someone's down on the ground, they've got a serious <laughs> neck injury or something, don't yeah. touch them until the yeah. doctor's got on. And I think that's the rule that they're using there. I mean, if he's just helping somebody up, that Vaughan one, he was having a laugh with the player he was lifting up. So it's in the spirit of the game. It's, it's a bit of good-natured sort of banter, isn't it? And then to ban someone. What sort of message does that send out to people? It's like, it just makes the game daft. But but no, just going back, we're going back to Solver, weren't they, and, and, the, and the players. Yeah, and we've, and we've been <coughs> two on that one, I think. We have run out of numbers and I think the Shane Wright one, as Parky said, I think that was a big turning point in the season because he, he could would have been up there for the dream team, I think, because he was playing that well. Gerard as well. He was, You think like this time last season, how well he was playing and we've missed him for, for a lot of the back end of this season. So Shane Wright, Gerard out, Dupree as well. He, he was a big hole and he left. I mean, you, you've plugged his hole with um, Brad Singleton, haven't you? And I think Brad's done really well. But yet again, he was missing at the weekend because he's got suspended. So he's he's he snakes and ladders in it. You like you're going up and down, aren't you? Trying to trying to put fires out. So so yeah, it's difficult. It is difficult. So I spoke to Paul Rowlett, Sam Stone, and Ryan Bradley after the game, and this is what they had to say. So I'm joined by Sam Stone. Defeat tonight. How'd you feel? Obviously disappointing, mate, but 
dust ourselves off and we get another chance. You know, if uh, results go away next week, just one more job against Caroline. It's a real, obviously, tough contest. First half flowing rugby, second half got a bit niggly, uh, but unfortunately not able to, to find our way over the line. Yeah, I think we, uh, you know, we put some pressure on them at the start of the game and got some uh, repeat sets, but then let them, let them off the hook straight away. So we needed to be a bit more uh, clinical with our attack and that first little section and put some points on the board, I think. Catalan next week, we're still in the mix, uh, but it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, yeah, going to be tough, but, you know, the, uh, the fate's in our hands now, so let's uh, dust ourselves off and get ready for next week and, you know, we're still a chance. Brilliant. Thanks for talking to us and unlucky tonight. Thanks. I'm joined by Ryan Browler, defeat tonight against a tough Hawkinson Rovers team. Yeah, um, yeah, just probably our execution let us down a little bit. I think um, it's hard, it's hard because the effort's clearly there. Um, I just think we're, we're one of the dumbest teams in the league at the moment, which is um, heartbreaking because I've, I've been in a team where you don't put the effort in and um, they're, they're, they're a bad team to be involved in, so it's certainly not that. Um, just our our I don't know. I'm gonna. I won't say like clinical, but it's not even that. It's, it's the, the the bad unforced errors what we're letting ourselves down with and penalties. So just uh, at the moment, really poor discipline-wise with the ball, which is hurting us. Yeah, obviously I was disappointed tonight, but we still got uh, Castellan next week. Still in the mix for the six, but it's going to be a tall order. Yeah, we need our old mate Watto does a favour, don't we? So um, yeah, I, I, regardless of the playoffs, I just think we just need to be better. Um, we can talk about the six all we want, but I just think as a, it's hard because as a, as a fan, I've, I've, I've watched us get battered every week, so it, it's nice to be competing every every year now. Um, but I, I really want to win a trophy, so um, tonight's like tonight hurt, obviously. Yeah, but it's a lack of learning opportunity in it, obviously. We come to place like Hawkinson Rovers in the big games, didn't get the result tonight, but you're going to look back at the game and think, well, we, what we learn and we move forward. Yeah, I feel like we've had a lot of lessons in the year, though, mate, what we're clearly not learning from. Um, and that's in the big games, keeping hold of the ball. I don't, I, I don't want to, can't dress it up. I, I, I'd love to be talking tactical with you, but just we just need to keep hold of the ball. And um, in big games like that, you score in the last 10 minutes, not the first. So you just need to start taking energy off energy off teams. And, and ultimately, we're, we're not doing that uh, for long periods of time. Never mind tonight. Unlucky, and I'll see you soon. Coach's corner. Defeat today, talk us through it. Yeah, we didn't execute in attack, mate, uh, as much as we could. Um, we we, we uh, got that slightly wrong, just on had a few opportunities we could have nailed. Uh, thought defensively we were very good for most parts, a couple of slip-ups there, uh, one right at the death. But for the most of the game, it was two teams going hard at it, to be fair. Um, credit to both sides. Um, and I, I couldn't be proud of the effort of the boys. Uh, there's some things and what the effort is one of them commitment to each other um, and to the club was was second to none so uh, that's a good basis for any team um, so yeah, yeah they're, they're the things that you, you can't really teach so we've got a good group of lads that confirmed what I already knew uh, but you know we've got to go again next week there's you know we're, we're still in it and, uh, and we just got to prepare to go again really thanks for talking to us so that was Paul Rowley, Ryan Briley and Sam Stone after the game. Paul, obviously, Paul wasn't happy that the execution wasn't great, but he said that his players uh, worked hard and they were proud. he was proud of their efforts. 
Yeah, I think the effort was there for all to see. I mean, there's a photograph Steve McCormick took of um, Brody Croft that I used in the preview this week, and he looked absolutely shattered after the game. I don't think you could ever question the players' um, efforts and that, which you shouldn't be. It's the job, and at the end of the day, you've got to put 100% in. But I think the application was off. I think there was a few times where timing was out. Some of the moves we tried to put on, Hulkingson Rovers snuffed us out, and... I think with Brodie Croft, for me this season, he's become a real marked man. I think teams have really sort of numbered up on him. The teams tend to run at him. They target him. They run at him all the time, making him do do plenty of tackling. And that takes it out of the lad. It really mm. does. So, so yeah, I think teams, they're not stupid either. They'll do the homework. It's like Lee. You look at Lee Leopards. I think next season, they will be that unknown quantity. You'll probably find that their players will get targeted as a Lachlan Lamb and that they'll, they'll, they'll be marked up and, and coaches will have plans for them. So it's how you work around that and and, and, and sort of play play your game. And when we've talked about rolling ball, haven't we? And we tried that at times, but okay, I are good at that. They're good at the offload game as well. I think they was really good at shifting the ball. We couldn't stop them at times on, on Saturday night. But no, I don't think you can question the effort. I think we've just, we've all mentioned it, haven't we, tonight? The, the, we're low on numbers and we know that the, the squad is really tested and it's even smaller because he doesn't pick all the players so he's only going off a re- really small pool of players anyway so the squad is picking itself more or less every week yep Sam Stone Parky talked about the disappointing result but they were going to get up for, for this week against Catalan Dragons uh, Ryan Briley wasn't particularly happy about the performance talked about the, sort of the dumb rugby that we played and frustrations that that come out of that. I think we've seen it many times this season. We tr- last season when it clicked, certainly that back end of the season, it was magic to watch. Everybody wanted to see sort of the way they played, the way we we moved the ball about. We tore teams apart inside, outside. It didn't, didn't matter how we went. We, we were, there was always a man backing up or whatever. And this year, I think for the most part, we we've been off with our, our timing hasn't been right. Some of the offloads have been. I've just been stupid, really. It looks like at times we've got carried away. We're starting to believe our own myth, if you like, that we, we are this Harlem Globetrotters type of team, rather than sometimes just controlling the ball, getting through a set, building pressure. It's like we've got to score, we've got to score. It's frantic. And I know that's the way we play and when it works, yeah, it's brilliant. But how many times has it actually worked this year? That's that's the key. The, the games we've won... Most of them we've been in a bit of a, a bit of a scramble with. I know we haven't lost many by our big scores. I know Catalan and, and Wakefield were, were two big ones. But other than that, we, we, we basically compete. But if we cut out errors, I remember the, the old KR game at home early in the season. I think we made, was it 16 or 18 handling errors? You, you're not going to win games doing that. And, and they beat us. If we'd have kept hold of two or three of them passes, we'd have won that game. And that's how it's been through the year. And I think we've just got to... So go back to basics but and stop these offloads when they're not needed. Just do your work, especially the forwards. Just get the ball down the pitch and let's put pressure on them down there because throwing the ball about in our own half, we, we've made too many errors this year and that's that's not good enough. And the, and the other side is we forced ourselves to defend a lot more than we should, mm. which has then cost us because discipline's not been good enough because we've been starting getting tired in games, giving away extra sets on the back of that and I, I, I say it every week we've not always got the, the rub the green off the officials but that's that's the way it is we need if we control the ball you control the pace of the game you make them do the work that's the way it should be we, we've got it a little bit wrong at times this year and I'm sure I'm sure it's something that Paul looked to, to patch up in, in, in the off-season if we don't make the playoffs but again 
for me, the, the, the major issue is bodies. Mm. We've just got tired bodies a lot of the time and they're playing a little bit, probably a little bit lower on energy and making silly decisions and that's been part of the problem. Yeah, I think, Paul, what Park is saying there is, is right. I think you, you go early because they haven't got the forward to roll down the middle, have they? So that, that they know that the only way they're going to sort of trouble teams is, is attack areas that they don't expect you to go early. And sometimes if you don't get there, then we resort to kicking early, don't we? Or, or tactics that don't quite work sometimes. But like you said, we talk about bodies and that isn't Paul Rowley's fault. He can only work with what he got. Off-season is going to be massive. We all know why if we don't, win on Sunday and the results don't go our way we didn't make the six it was purely down to having not having enough bodies in the squad when it mattered and the only way that is fixed is we buy more players but more players you need more money and then more money means more from us fans slash sponsors so it's a vicious circle that sort of will we will need to to address there really yeah there's a few things on it I mean We've probably got just about enough players if you play them all, but we don't play them all because, as I've mentioned it, there's three or four lads who never play. So if you can replace them with players that you're going to use, that's going to make the squad more useful. Because I've seen people say the last few weeks, oh, it's all for this, it's all for that. We've not got no money, we've not got a pot to we in or whatever. And I don't like people keep saying that because when you talk about this IMG and all that, if we keep saying that, people are going to believe it and they're going to think, well, what's the point in having them in a Super League? And I don't always buy that because you've got Brodie Croft, who's a man of steel. You've got Callum Watkins, you've got Mark Sneed, you've got Tim Laffey, Joe Burgess. They're not 18-year-old kids who are wet behind the ears. We've got a decent squad there. We're probably just a few players, for me, we're three forwards short of having a really cracking team, mm. I think. And with Shane Wright in there, fully fit all season, and, and Gerard, I think it'd have been a totally different story. So so I do get where people are coming from, but I think it's just, it's being smart with the recruitment for me. I mean, we've got we've just got to cut our cloth accordingly. We know that. We know we can't go out and sign big NRL stars. People like that Paul Vaughan at Warrington, we can't afford them sort of players. But I think there's players out there that could do a job for us. And the one we've signed there, Brad Singleton, that's the, that's the sort of bloke we need. Mm. People like, if we could sign two more of them to add to next season, bring Shane right back as well. We've got a good side there. So, uh, so yeah, I don't think it's... I think Paul Rowley and Kurt Haggerty and, and Bleasy will know players who are available and players who can come in and do the job for us. We can't afford to sign blokes that are going to doss about. Like that Maguire that Warrington. You can't afford people like that. We need blokes to come in that you're going to get the best out of you're going to get miles out of and they're going to run for you every week and, that, and that's what we want. People that... we It's, it's hard. Like I'm trying to think of a metaphor. We know putting us like... But if it was a car, we know putting us buying a Audi R8 or whatever or something like that because we won't get the usage out of it. We need the Volkswagen Golf, something that's going to run forever for us and, and, and get the best out of it in the season. So, yeah, we need a few Golfs and uh, we'll be <laughs> all right. But... Yeah, a couple more Brad Singletons. That that's what we need. We just need some more beef in that pack. Yeah. It's rugby league smarts, isn't it, Park? It's not it's not we talk about rugby league smarts, but it's not always just on the pitch. It's off the pitch as well. Like Paul yeah. said, the likes of Paul King, Ian Blees, they are picking these players who, who are sort of doing good job for us on a on a reasonable amount of money, I suppose, compared to other Super League talent which they probably would have been offered for more. So we're just hoping that they can continue to roll that dice and keep getting sixes. Yeah, I don't think that's... It's not the recruitment, really, when you look at it, hasn't been bad. There's always going to be one or two that you're going to pick up and it's not going to work. But you look at 
for me, Ben Halliwell, Halliwell, who's been, it must be come on a, on a very tight budget, let's say that, and he's been he's been really good for us. We signed Dion Cross last year, basically playing on the wing for Widnes in the Championship. He come in, he's been a solid Super League centre for the last two years. We, we're good at that, even Ryan Briley to, to that effect. But some haven't worked for me. The, the big the big thing is I watched Wakefield get well. We saw Wakefield get relegated this week, and I just want that. That's a warning to Salford as a fan and as a club for me that if you don't invest, that's what happens. Wakefield were hoping they'd have enough to stay in. You looked at that squad at the start of the year and went, "That's not really good enough." Same with Castleford. There's so many gaps in that team that weren't good enough. We need to we need to plug our gaps now. We can't just go. Well, we've done all right the last couple of years. We can rely on Paul Rowley being a master coach or whatever. We need to invest, or we need people to invest. That's the only we we can't just rely on what we've got and hoping that one or two signings coming in. Does anyone know anymore? Has it heard anymore? But usually, you get a rumor of one or two or something like that. We need, we do need to. Otherwise, we don't want to end up where Wakey are. I know AMG might have a say in what happens in the future anyway, but we've we've got to keep competing. We've got to keep being up there, and and our recruitment is good on on the budget we have, but we need more. We can't go with 23, 24 players next year. Hopefully, if Fed come up, they might have a struggle getting players together. But other than that. Everyone else is going to reinforce next year again and it's going to just get tougher for us. Yeah. Let's go on to stats now. Uh, Paul, top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 37, Jack Armadroid, 21, Andy Ackers, 42, King V, 27, Sam Stone, 28, Olive Partington, 38. Yeah, did, did a good shift, Rob. I don't think we can we can question that. We had to do a lot of tackling in that game, particularly in the second half. I thought mm. first half, we probably had the better in the first half, but the second half, we we didn't really. Okay, came at us, didn't he, in that second half? And I thought that try he scored down that left edge, Kenny Dowell's pass to... To Ryan Hall was a belter. Really good try that. But no, I thought I thought the lads we dug in. The defence was good. I think both sides defended really well. That's why it was only a 12 nil. It was it was tight, wasn't it? It was nip and tuck. And someone said to me in the week uh, on the Sunday actually, it was like a playoff game. And it mm. was. It probably wasn't the quality. Probably wasn't. There was a lot of drop ball and that. But the intensity was. I thought the intensity levels were good. And 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 that's what you need. And if we were if we are to beat Catalan and get into the playoffs you'd need that again because you're probably going to get rewarded with either Catalans away Saints away or Wigan away aren't you, in the playoffs so it's looking like Catalans at the moment isn't it so that'll be another intense game but no the, the, the lads defended well I thought and they had done the last couple of weeks defence has been tight and, and been solid yeah, top meter makers, Ken C, 123, Joel Burgess, 104, King V, 89, Andy Acker, 71, and Danny Addy, 76, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, Rob, you've got to get people over 100, haven't you? Mm. And there's, there's probably a lot of players there who, who've not quite got over the, the 100. So, no, I think that just shows the, the dominance of OKR, doesn't it, really? We, we weren't really, particularly in that second half, we the first half with the possession we did have it was all close to their line like I said with those dropouts there was a, the kick through from Mark Sneed at the post mm. and I thought he was he aimed for that as well for me and obviously it didn't come off and we was unlucky with that but we had a lot of ball in their territory so it wasn't like we were making loads of yards but we were there camped on the line and I think sometimes we just need a bit more inventiveness on the, the last tackle plays the kicks Sometimes we do. We just have to dolly it in the air for the for the big wingers, don't we? And it doesn't come off. Try a kick behind the line, put it on the floor, test them out, greasy pitch, things like that. But 
Yeah. Average gains, Ken Seo 8, Joe Burgess 9, Jack Orman Royd 8, Andy Ackers 9, King V 7. I suppose in a tough game like that, you want to be round about sort of 10, don't you, Parker? So what is it, five, six players there touching on eight and nine? I think you mentioned Andy Ackers in, in tackling and, and average gain and everything else mm-hmm. in that. I think it shows how important Andy is to us. I know he's he's run from dummy half. It can be devastating at times. He picks up cheap metres there. He catches players out. He's very, very clever. And, and then you mentioned King V a few times. And obviously, I, I didn't see it. But if he's gone off for 10 minutes and he's got them stats, we've obviously missed him when he has gone off. And it's up to it's up to the other players that stand up and take that that role. And then you think, well, if he has done that many meters and he has done that many tackles, maybe he's just a bit tired when he's going in for these tackles. And that's where we need to to be able to swap him off, bring on a, a fresh pair of legs, of, but of the same size to have the same impact. And that's where again it's going to go down to recruitment again. I think. Yeah. Big thanks for your three word. Man of the match uh, reports. Uh, always like to read them out, seeing what the, uh, the the that's going on in the in the world of the Salford Devils supporters. David Deakin, one more chance. Ryan Briley, Colin Wilson, get well soon. Briley, Paul's mate, Roy Ellerbury, toothless attack options. Ryan Briley, Chris and Janet Shenton, too many errors. Croft, uh, CS predictable and attack. Briley, Ryan Fisher, poor and attack. Briley and uh, Andy Walsh, no way through. Paul, so yeah, a bit sort of, I wouldn't say despondent, a bit flat by the sound of it. Yeah, I think it's very expected. One, it? it was uh, it was a big night. I enjoyed. Uh, it's not we don't often play Saturday nights, do we? Uh, rugby league, but I enjoyed the experience going up there on a Saturday night. It was it was nice going up with a family in the afternoon and late afternoon, and, and it was a buzz. It was a real buzz, as I said before. The, the atmosphere was really good, and when you don't score, when you get nailed. You know, we got nailed in Catalan. It's, I don't know, you come away from the game feeling a bit cheated, really, because you've not had anything to cheer at all, have you? So, so yeah, I, I, can, I can understand where the supporters are coming from on that one. Big effort and a win there. We'd have probably been in the playoffs, wouldn't we? So, so yeah, it was a disappointing result to, to get beat. So, but we've got another chance this week, and I mean, Warrington aren't, aren't the, uh, the most convincing team at the moment aren't they so we've just got to go out there and do a job this weekend but no I think regarding the man of the match I think I didn't do one but mine would have been Ryan Briley I thought he was was our best player by a mile I think he's for me he's player of the year I think his commitment attack and defence he's been great this season I, I, I think he's up there he's in my top three anyway I think Sam Stone's another one I think Sam's been great Callum Watkins I picked five up to now but I can't sort of pick which one but Ryan's definitely in there yeah, so uh, that's the look back at the Hawkins Rovers game, and now uh, we'll see what's happening in, in the world of Sulphur Devils. So we'll start, Paul, with the club putting out a statement regarding fan behaviour. Obviously, it's a family sport. There's it sounds like there's sort of disturbances occurring. On, on the terrace on a regular basis and it's a it's a, it's a bad thing really in, in, in modern day that, that this kind of thing is happening alcohol mate that's mm. simple simple as alcohol I'd, if it was me I'd ban it uh, it'd be like football I'd just say have a drink in the concourse you can't take your drink to your seat because you can't have football but rugby league they seem to I think that's all it is I mean I can hand on heart say I've never had an alcoholic drink at a Salford match in the 30 odd years I've watched them not while the 80 minutes not while the game's on I might have one after the game but 
I've seen it in the in the in the stands. There's a lot of people who go, and to me, they don't watch the game. They just doss about for the 80 minutes and go in the fans and all that. When a match is on, you two will probably be the same. I don't take my eyes off it. I don't. I won't go to the toilet. I won't go for a drink. When the 80 minutes is on, I'm I'm in the zone. I'm watching the match, and I just wish other people were like that because it's not football. Football, they do all that where he's singing and you know, antagonising the other supporters and all that. Rugby league. When I first started going with my dad, he never got segregated. You were always together with the, with the away fans. My dad was the one of the worst. Him and his mate Billy they used to argue for I don't know with with the, with the supporters. At the end of the game, they shake hands, we walk out, we'd all say see you later, and it was great. It really for the eighty minutes, you'd be rowing and going on. And then the, I used to think it was brilliant the, the the camaraderie you have with with away supporters, but it, it's a bit more tribal now, isn't it? Like football, and I don't know whether it's younger people coming. I sound a bit of an oldie now, don't I? But we seem to have got a bit of a I don't know. <clears throat> A few supporters are a bit bit daft on that. I don't know, I just need to grow up a bit, really. But I think it's it's definitely beer, isn't it? Mm. Parky, you're a, a man on, on the terrace. What's your thoughts on it? I've got I'm, I've got two ways of looking at this, to be honest. I've seen I've seen some incidents in the last couple of years, and I, I would say they get blown out of all proportion mm-hmm. for what they are. You'd see worse in a pub on a Friday night, but it is creeping in more and more. There is an element of people who are, uh, are more obsessed with the opposite fans than they are with the game, which is it's a bit annoying. And they do go because they can get a bit of a rise out of somebody or, or whatever it is. And yeah, alcohol and whatever else plays plays a huge part. And I wonder, maybe you go back to the, to the 80s, and I, I remember that there has always, I mean, people say, oh, you don't get in trouble at rugby league. You never, you have, you have. I, I remember it all my life. There's always been some element where someone will kick off. You're not going to get thousands of men in a stadium, generally, going back before we have more females now, but and they're not going to be any tension. They're not going to be a little bit of something. I, I've been to many grounds where it's been well known that it's going to happen. But now I think perhaps people not being, getting, uh, being able to get access to football as much. In the 80s and 90s, football was the place people went and drank and Unfortunately, that sort of stuff happened. Hmm. Now, it's not as easy to get a ticket. It's not as cheap. But as rugby league, still probably best value for money in that way. So there is there is a bit of that. But yeah, it, need, it needs to stop. We're, gonna, we're getting an awful reputation. And it's okay for these people who are turning up once or twice and it, it goes and then they'll never be seen again. Or they might not. The next time we go to a place like Craven Park or, or wherever, these people who have been attacked or have been abused, We'll remember that. And it might not be you that's getting it. It might be the innocent bloke who's took his family to the game, who then, that their fans might want revenge. You've got it. People have just got to start thinking, on. Oh, it's, it's a game of rugby now. And I get as annoyed as anyone does at the game. I'll, I'll lose my rag. But not, not looking for a fight. That's not, I'm not interested. I'm getting annoyed at the match. I'm getting annoyed at the referee. I'm getting, I mean, tension builds. But like Paul said there, the amount of times at the end of games you end up talking to a rival fan in a in a pub or whatever, you wouldn't think of having a fight with them. You wouldn't think of kicking it. You're just gonna have a chat over a beer about the match and about rugby in general. But that's what rugby league has got. So yeah, there's, there's several ways of looking at it, but we've certainly got an element in the last year or so where certain people need to calm down and they, they, they're doing the club a lot of damage. Mm. Every club has, a, has their own empty heads, don't they? It's not like 
I suppose there is a spotlight on us because we are Salford for a start, uh, and obviously little instance coming in here and there. But like I say, it's it's sport, and let's just enjoy for what it is. Let let's not try and feed the fire, and reputation start succeeding us, and it, think people start getting banned, and we get in like I don't know. Like football, where you get policemen following you around and stuff like that. We don't have any of that. Just go to the game, enjoy the game. Don't do a thing silly, and let Paul Riley do his magic, Paul. Yeah, I think it, it's it's the same in life, isn't it? Now, I mean, you can't police life, can you? People will just do what they want, won't they? You, we can say what we want on here, but people will just do what they like, yeah. uh, and that's the way it is. So, I, I don't know. Does it does it need somebody to be in the stand watching them? Watching the supporters, we have the we have Matt who does safeguarding and all that. Does it need a couple more of them sort of people? I don't know. It's not really my bag. I'm not really asked to be honest with you. Judge wish people would just behave themselves. It's, I just go for the match, me, and, and that's it. Like Park said, you get on with people, don't you? I'd never dream of having a punch up with somebody unless I'm in a ring with them or whatever, and I'm told to do it. But not not in in life. I mean, I'm not I'm not like that. I, I just like talking to everybody and being friends with people, but. Some people are like that. They, they go for the aggro, don't they, and all that. So that's up to them. But we have noticed it. And I mean, like Parky says, I think sometimes it does get blown out of proportion because everyone's got a phone nowadays, haven't they, filming stuff. There's a bit of my at Castleford, want the early season. And I think that was handbags at 10 paces, wasn't it? So and I know somebody was going on about a flare in the, in the crowd uh, at the weekend. And, and what? I mean, I might get in trouble for saying this. I think that adds for the atmosphere, them flares. I think it makes it really good. I watched some... I think it was a German football game the other day. You couldn't even see the pitch. There was that many flares and it looked amazing. But I know you're not supposed to have them, but that adds, adds a bit to it, doesn't it? But I like it like Pags. I don't think it's like a major thing. I think probably just a few people that just had a few too many sherbets. Yeah, I think it's more of an health and safety thing, really. But it is a rule. The rules are rules are rules, aren't they? So you got to work with it. Rules are there to be broken, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, other news... King V banned for two games. We talked about that in the review of the whole KR game. Probably might end your season, Parker. Yeah, again, I don't get the two match ban. I don't understand where that that comes from. I don't understand why if it's not as bad as everybody, you know, people are saying it wasn't that bad or didn't even notice it. I'm not sure why it's a two match thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't appealed the two match. I know you're gonna get if you're gonna get a ban, you get a ban. But that's. I mean, it's a big blow for us because I think he's been still the second half of the season. I think he's been tremendous. He's come on leaps and bounds. He's he, he, he finds his front when he makes it. He makes big meets. He gets up, tries to play the ball as quick as possible. He's probably been our most impactful forward this this season. Certainly as a prop, he definitely stuck. Sort of stood up when when Dupree went and and took over that mantle. So um, it's a big blow for us. It really is. If we do make the playoffs, I mean, I was thinking about this before. If we beat Catalan on on Friday and Warrington get beat, we'll probably do ourselves a disservice by having to go to Catalan. And that's where you need all your big forwards in a place like that. So yeah, it's, it's a tough one for him. But we've just got to persevere and hope somebody steps up. Yeah. Other bits of news, the awards evening, which was supposed to happen on a Monday, got cancelled due to illness. Club say, obviously now they're going to be on a pitch uh, on Friday night after the game. Paul, obviously opportunity for fans to, to, to stay behind after the game and 
watch the players get their awards. Does that mean we'll have to wait even longer to I speak know. to the players for the interviews that. and that afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> you know <what? laughs> it's always late when we get out anyway, isn't it? I know. Well, that's good. Yeah, I've got to enjoy that. My mum and dad are going away on uh, on Friday, so they won't be able to go. They're going to miss the last game. So I think my sister might be coming, but me and our image will be going. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll hang fire. I'm working Saturday, but I can do a late night. I do every other night, so... I'll, I'll I'll have a watch of that because I wasn't going to the Player of the Year awards anyway. I'm a bit short of cash, but mm. but no, that that'll be good. I mean, it's a shame they can't they can't have it or they can't rearrange it because it you feel for the supporters and the players because they deserve that sort of night where they can get dressed up and put shirt and tie on because they worked really hard all season and I think it's nice to have lights like that to bring the the supporters and the players together. So I bet they'd look forward to that. So it was a shame when that that got cancelled, but I suppose it was out of the. The club's hands really, wasn't it? Yeah, that's my, my thoughts exactly, Paul. When I read it, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna have a presentation on the picture for," oh, we've been sat here for two hours now waiting for players to come out. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, no presentation night. Uh, one ton of mashed potato available for anyone who wants one. Go contact the club. Only joking, Parker. Only joking. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, looking at that, it is a shame. I don't know whether it's something to do with the, the stadium or the, the planning or whatever, but I don't always get why we have the players' awards before the end of the season. Because I want to see the players let their hair down at the end and celebrate what they've done through the year and have a, have a chill out. And those who want to have a drink, have a drink. You can't. Because the trouble is, if, if they'd have had it on Monday night and a player had picked up a bottle of beer, Somebody would have said, oh, if he has a bad game on Friday, that's why. Because he's had I remember in 2019, I think we had it the week leading up to the grand final, didn't we have something, or was it the, up to the semi-final? I know it didn't make a massive difference, but I always thought, sure you should have it after the season to give the lads a chance. I know the contracts end, but they don't end until after October, after the grand final. So you could leave it a week after the season and have it then. So I do feel for the players, because they're not going to get to mingle, and the fans aren't going to get to, to see, with, see them relaxed and just have a general chat with them, but... Yeah, we, we can only do what we can do. And if illness is struck and they're trying to keep the players as safe as possible and, and the punters, of course, if, if a player has got something, you don't want to be catching it or whatever. So, yeah, a bit of a shame, but I'm sure we'll, I'm sure plenty will stay behind to, to thank the lads anyway. Yep. Blue light day on Friday against Catalan. We've had a few special game days throughout the season. Paul, Success for some, not such, and for my opinion, not success for the other ones. But we've had a we've had a good mix. Yeah, we have. I think I was I was looking at the the attendances and that. I think the attendances have really improved this season, haven't they? For, for quite a lot of the home games, and they've been good atmospheres. If you go back to that that Warrington game, I keep referring to me Warrington friends, but the, one of the guys I was talking to today was saying what a great atmosphere it was. The game probably wasn't the highest quality, but it was dead exciting. He said really enjoyed going to to the Salford Stadium and. Yeah, I think it's been good this season, the way we've got the community involved and it's probably got new people to the ground. I've seen a lot of people there this season I've not seen before. You see plenty of kids and, and families and that as well. So I've just renewed my season ticket today, actually, in our Imogens and my mum and dad. So, so yeah, that's us for next season as well. So, so yeah, let's hope we can get behind it and, and hopefully we can have more of these days next year. I know Lee Leopards have they've done really well with all these music and things they've had on. I know it's probably cost a lot of money, stuff like that, but perhaps we could look at something like that next season or get some local bands on and people give people opportunities to, to play. Maybe not like top-line acts, but local acts and things like that. So I know the club do a great job in the community anyway, but I think some of these days have been good. I think the Blue Light 
they did last season, didn't they? And got the emergency services involved, and that was quite an enjoyable day. Yeah, Armed Forces Day, Homelessness Day was was surprisingly good. Park, obviously, the club will be looking through the attendances, won't they? See what went well, see what didn't go so well in the different ones that they, they, they went through. But yeah, it's been great. I think it's been a, a good thing. Hopefully, more of the same next year. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, we definitely needed something pre-game at, at the stadium. It's mm. the start of the season, we're playing games and you turned up, I mean, we've said it a thousand times, we turn up for the match. That, mm. That's what we do, but you turn up, you go in the game, you come out, you go home. There's no, there doesn't seem to be a connection between the fan and the, and the club at that point. And then, they started this, and the, and the the Armed Forces Day was magnificent, brilliant day. The the the, the bands they had on the singing, but, and then everything going on around it, all the catering, all the catering vans, and obviously the the, the, sort of the army being there, and all that. it was it was a great day, really was. Shame the wind got up; we couldn't have the the, the guys parachuting in with a ball. Remember mm. right, left. They had to cancel that, but. Yeah, no, but it is great at the club and engaging with the community and, and open up and say, like I say every week, this is this is your club, it's our club. It doesn't doesn't belong to one person. There's no single owner of it. And without the community, it's pointless. So uh, no, I, I, I can't I can't congratulate the club enough on what they've done in, in, in these sort of these odd days that they've bought at the end of the season. And hopefully we can start the season with it next year. Obviously, weather permitting, sometimes it's not gonna be that easy, but there's, there's plenty of people out there who want representing who are part of our community. Yeah. Final bit of news. Direct debit options for season tickets are now available from the club. A lot of people asking about that because obviously finding a large chunk of money for a big for the season mm. ticket in one go, especially in these this day and age, Paul, is, is, is going to be tough. So now people have that option to spread the cost out over 12 months and hopefully that attracts even more people to get involved. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and season tickets selling them is difficult, isn't it, in the first place? And I think if you can get that money over the line of the doors, it does give you an opportunity then to, to spend that money. And mm. it's in the coffers, isn't it? So it seems to me they've come out earlier this time. Of the season. I don't remember renewing mine before the end of the previous season. I think that's the first time I've ever done that. So, so yeah, let's hope we can, we can sell a few and, and really go at next season. Like you said to me last Saturday, if we were to finish in the playoffs again, that's two seasons running where you've had a really good season finishing in the top six. And that's surely people have got to look at that now and, and, and invest in it. And I, I hope they do because we've been entertained. Some of the matches we've seen this season have been fantastic. Some of the home games. I know, I know we've not we've not been as, as thrilling as last season. Like Parker said, there was a time last season where we looked unbeatable at times and we were turning up at matches thinking we're going to wipe the floor with these today just because of the rugby league we were playing. I think we were really blessed last season, weren't we? But same again, this season, I mean, if we win on Friday, we've got the same number of points that we got last season. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I didn't know that stat until I read it this week. So, so yeah, I hope we shift plenty of tickets. I'm, I'm sure we'll do well with those. Yeah, obviously trying to attract new fans, Parker. The way that, I think it's weird the way it's set up is that might cost you next year 20, 25 quid plus to get in as a one So really, if you're going to try and convince potential new fans, it might be worth saying, well, you might as well get a season ticket. And even if you were to half the games, it covers your cost. Yeah, the value's always been there in season tickets. Yeah, I, don't, I went a couple of years without buying one and just put, turned up every week and bought me ticket. So, I mean, the club benefited more from that, I think, but I certainly didn't. But yeah, it just makes sense, doesn't it? The, the trouble is, we we need the money in 
Because then if we've got more money than the club were expecting at come November, uh, November, December, whatever, we could start looking at perhaps another player or whatever. But without signing players, people go, well, I'll wait, I'll wait and see who they're going to sign. I'll wait and see what they're going to do. I'm going to wait for some news or whatever. It, it's it's so difficult to get that balance. But yeah, I mean, we've got to get out there and you know, try, try and get people buying them as early as possible. So we know that the money's guaranteed. And if, I hate to say it this way, but if people get halfway through the season and give up, if you've already bought your season ticket, it's off sort of the, the club benefit. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, but we need to we need to get it out there. We need to advertise the fact that it's... When you look at the price of a, a season ticket at a football ground these days, compared to what you're going to play, pay for watching us next season, it's a, it's a drop in the ocean, really is. And like you say, money's tight these days. So hopefully people might see it as a, as a way of sort of expanding their, their leisure time, but for not an awful lot of money. Yeah, that's the that's the the hope. Park of Hope Lay. Uh, hopefully, people, like you say, the, the the growth continues. I think we're up was it twenty percent last year. So hopefully, we go again. Crowd continues to grow, continue to be successful on the field, and who knows what might happen in the in the next few years. Final final bit of news is one of our favorite one of our fam- favorite former players has announced his retirement this week. Mm-hmm. Paul Josh Jones. Uh, has announced he's, he's retiring from professional rugby league. What a great player he was for us when he, he stint between 2016 and 2019. 114 appearances, 19 tries. Great in defence, great in attack. I've, I always say, uh, if you can get eight out of ten player in your team, you're going the right way. And for me, he was the king of the eight out of ten player. Yeah, he was. Josh Joe, I wish he'd have stayed, Rob, because... His career didn't seem to kick on after he left Saul, but he struggled for, for injuries at Hull and the same at Huddersfield. I don't know how many games he played for Huddersfield, but did really well for Salford and he was the, the pinball was it wasn't he really bouncing off players and that and he, he was excellent in that 2019 season for us. He was excellent all the time he was there, but that 2019 season I thought he was he was really good. I think an international call up as well around that time, yeah. didn't he? I think when he was playing for us and yeah, I always thought he was a bit of a sideways move going to Hull and yeah, he obviously did the, what he thought was the right thing for him and I'm sure he enjoyed himself. But it was a shame to, to see that he's retired. I think he's he's had a few head knocks and things like that, hasn't he? And a few injuries as well, been scuppered by injuries. So it's a real shame because he's probably still got years left in him. So, no, I hope he, he, he finds something else in his life or he goes into coach or whatever venture he goes in next because we've interviewed him, haven't we? He was always a really nice fella as well. Yeah, think about Josh, Josh Jones. Park. It was when we, when me and Paul tried to interview him, he was like a ghost. I think we got him. I think he had was it three years at Salford. I think we interviewed him twice in three years because he just used <laughs> to slip past us without even without us even noticing. What was your thoughts on him? Yeah, I don't know. He managed to slip down. He was a big lad. Honestly, um, it was weird. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I was a massive fan, and I said, I, I've said to everyone this week, he, he shouldn't have left us. He really shouldn't. Sometimes certain players are made for certain clubs. And he was a Salford player, without a doubt. And no, at the end of that season, 2019, when he'd already agreed to go and move on, he said, I think it might have been at the Players' Awards that, that year, and he said that if it had known that when he signed the contract to move off, what he knew at the end of the year, he wouldn't have left. He didn't want to go. But he'd already... Because con- when contracts are being negotiated sort of early mid-season... Salford, we weren't having a great time in 2019 at that point. We hadn't gone on this run. We weren't making a grand final. 
And he was thinking, well, I need, I need to make sure the money's in the bank. We've got to get paid every week and make sure I'm in a good Super League team. I don't know where Salford are heading. By the end of the year, we're in the grand final. But he wasn't to know that. But he was a, he was a fantastic player for us. Really was a real... I mean, some of them runs he went on, he was just bouncing players off everywhere. And I remember, I mean, he went through the full cycle with us as well because obviously 2017, the million pound game, he'd come from rugby union, back from rugby union to mm. us and was involved in that. And he obviously, when he sang for Salford, that wasn't part of the plan. I remember that, that game at, at Craven Park and that last 15, 20 minutes, he was fantastic. He really was. I don't think he gets the credit. We always look at, Josh Griffin, Nile Evels, but for that the breaks and all that. But he's the one that got the ball out both times, kept mm. the ball alive to get us on the attack in our own half. He bounced players off and he got he offloaded. And I'll never forget that. And then obviously going forward, he was he was great for the next couple of seasons. So yeah, he was a big blow when he left. I think if he'd have stayed and if we could have kept or someone like Murdoch Nasilla around that time, just before yeah. That was the makings of something special, I think, at Salford. But again, finances weren't there. Jacko went, and then that's the way it goes. But yeah, no, best luck to him. He, he, he never let us down, and uh, it's just a shame the way it's ended for him. Oh, back me up about Josh, Josh Jones disappearing to thin air throughout the years when we try to get hold of him. Yeah, he's a bit like the other fella, Ben Murdoch Michelle. He was the same. He was always running away from us. Wasn't he? Remember that time he <laughs> fell over that tea trolley? <laughs> He tried to back door Robin ended up tripping over somewhere, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was a good lad though. He, he, yeah, he was he was a really nice fella. But so was Josh Jones. I mean, yeah, he's I think he's a bit of a shy lad, wasn't he? But mm. real gentleman and, he, and he's he's one of those, Rob, that every time he's come back to Salford, he's always let on to me and you and we stood loitering, waiting for interviews and and, and other players are the same. Uh, was it the other week George Griffin yeah, yeah. with, with uh, Cassie the week come over and said hello and so do other players they, they sort of bend your face don't they and, that, and, and I think that's what the good thing about rugby league we've had some really good players at Salford and when they move on they move on but I think somebody people always say it don't they on Facebook and that once a red always a red and I think once you play for Salford I think there's always a bit of your heart there because the supporters are so loyal and that and I think it means a lot to players that doesn't because there's certain clubs where players will go and they'll be like a small fish in a big pond, if you like, particularly somewhere like Wigan where you get cast aside and you get forgotten. But I think at a place like Salford, it's a bit more sort of intricate, isn't it? And Not right, intricate, that's the wrong word I'm looking for, but what's the word I'm looking for? Intimate is the word I'm mm. looking for. Um, where, where you're in a smaller club and you loved a bit more, aren't you? I think Jackson Aces was a prime example of that. But Salford, he was, was idolised, wasn't he? Wigan, perhaps they, they I don't know, they, they didn't appreciate him as much as what we do. Yeah, great player. Really, I say some special moments in his Salford shirt, and we wish him well in his retirement. So that's all the news, and now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with Whiteside's world of rugby league. Right, well, here is this week's Devon the Detail Amateur Report and, of course, the world of rugby league. We shall start off this week with the National Conference Leagues. It's, it's playoff time now. It's getting um, to that end of the season now. I might as well go through all the scores with you rather than just give you the local teams because it gets quite exciting now. So we'll just go through them. Uh, it was a Premier Division Grand Final Playoffs Elimination Semi-Final on Saturday and Wathbrow Hornets were beaten 10 points to 11 by Cyril. They led 10-0 at half-time with Wathbrow over in uh, Cumbria. Cyril come back and won it 11-10 in the second half with a late drop goal. In uh, in league fixtures, Wigan St. Pat's 32, Kells 
18. In the Division 1 promotion playoff semi-finals, Hewith beat Skirlaw 34-0 and Alton Raiders won at Stanningley by 28 points to 12. In Division 2, the playoff semi-final, Wolfson 20, Wigan St. Jude's 18. There was a league match shadow of Rangers. They continue their fantastic run. They finished 6 in the table and they'll, they'll participate in the playoffs after that uh, that good run. They won again. They beat Might and Warriors by 30 points to 20. In Division 3, promotion playoff semi-finals, Lee East 36, Drillington 10 and Millham 24. Beverly nil. That tie was conceded by Beverly, so uh, Millen progressing through. So the fixtures first beat Rochdale Mayfield. have got Thatto Heath Crusaders. That game's played on Tuesday night, so by the time you listen to this, that game's probably been played. So that's uh, the elimination game. On Saturday, we've got the Premier Division qualifying semi-final. Hunslet have got West Hull. That's in the Premier Division. There's also an elimination game as well in the Premier Division, but we don't know who's going to be in that yet, of course. Rochdale Mayfield or Thatto Heath. And then uh, he'll play Siddle, I think, in that one. So we'll uh, see how the Thatterweath Rochdale Mayfield game was on in the week. In Division 1, the promotion playoff final is Hewith against Ulton Raiders. In Division 2, the playoff semi final is Shawcross Sharks against Saddleworth Rangers. And in Division 3, it's promotion playoff final between Millam and Lee. So just to run down the league tables, Rochdale Mayfield finished third in the Premier Division. In uh, Division 2, Waterhead Warriors came top and were promoted. Saddleworth Rangers finished 6th place. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's promotion as well. They finished first. So uh, it's been a good season all round for our local sides. Well, moving on to the Northwest Men's League in Division 1. At the weekend, just gone Saturday, the 16th of uh, September, it was Salford City Roosters 18, Charlie Panthers 20, Cadizad Rhinos 10, West Orton Lions 38, Folly Lane 42, Wigan St. Cuthbert 6. Division 3, Garswood Stags 24, Rochdale Hornets 0, Langwith the Rods 24, West Bank Bears 0, and the uh, Waterhead Warriors a 44, Clockface Chargers a 6. There's no fixtures being announced this week by the Game Day Agency, so can't bring you any fixtures this week, but if there is any, We'll give you the results uh, next week. Right, we've not been able to get all the many results from the North West Youth League. We've got the fixtures for the weekend uh, that's coming up, but there was a big game for uh, Salford City Roosters under-18s at the weekend. They were in the North West Youth Plate final. They were beaten against Crossfields. Close game as well it was. Crossfields, though, were success for them. So commiserations for Salford City Roosters under-18s. They've had a fantastic season, though, and they're back in action this weekend, Sunday the 24th of September. It's uh, the under-18s, Premier Division, Blackbutt Royals. I've got Salford City Roosters, Waterhead Warriors, face Oral St. James. Division 1 it's Saddle of Rangers against Tato Heath. Uh, the under-16s Premier Division Blackbrook or Wollstone have got Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 1 Ashton Bears have got Salford City Roosters. Folly Lane play Barrow Walney Central. Uh, Division 2 it's Hindley against West Orton Lions. Pilkington Rex against Saddle of Rangers. Division 3 Langwith the Reds are at home to Shevington Sharks. In the under-15s Division 2 Folly Lane are at home to Rochdale Mayfield. Oldham St. Anne's have got Miller. Division 3 of the under-15, Saddleworth Rangers face Witness, uh, Moorfield Tigers, Waterhead have got Culchiff Eagles. In the under-14s, it's the North West Plate final between Rochdale Mayfield and Shevington Shark Bulls. Uh, Division 1 of the under-14s is West Bank Bears against Saddleworth Rangers. Division 2, Folly Lane have got Charlie Panthers, Oldham St. Anne's Blacks play Oldham St. Anne's Goals. In Division 4, Accrington Wildcats have got Preston and South Ribble Rabbitohs. And finally in Division in the under-14s, Portico Vine against Lang with the Reds in Division 4. In the under-13s, Division 2, Oldham St. Andrew home to Salford City Roosters. Saddleworth have got the Burton Wood Bulldogs. Wigan St. Patrick's play Rochdale Mayfield. And there's just one fixture in Division 3 of the under-13s. That's West Hart and Lions against the Ashton Bears. 
Well, there were some youth internationals played at the weekend at Lee Minor Rangers on Saturday, the Four Nations Championships. In the under-16s, England, Lions 18, Wales 38. And in the under-18s, it was England, Lions 32, Wales 16. Well, some of our local players were involved in those games as well in the under-16s for uh, for England. Uh, big congratulations to Zach Mannion of uh, Salford City Roosters. He was uh, uh, playing for uh, for England in that match. George Jameson was also playing for uh, the England under-18s in their game against Wales as well. So, uh, so congratulations to our young players who've been involved in that, and uh, we'll keep you abreast of any other scores that come up in the uh, in the Four Nations Championship because there'll be plenty more games coming up in uh, in recent weeks. Well, in ladies rugby league, it's the uh, the Super League semi-finals at the weekend coming uh, Saturday. Both these games are played. They're both on television as well. I think they're both on Sky. Uh, half past three on Saturday, it's York against Wigan. Um, and at six o'clock, St. Helens play Leeds. So, uh, so two massive games there to keep uh, to keep your eyes on this weekend. We'll turn our attention now to the NRL. It was playoffs week two. Some great games again. Newcastle uh, Knights were in action against New Zealand Warriors. Tricky place to go to is uh, the Gold Media Stadium in Auckland, and New Zealand Warriors are up to the task. They beat Newcastle Knights by forty points to 10 a big second half from from the Warriors so they've uh, they've progressed through Melbourne Storm played Sydney Roosters this was a cracking match as well 10-6 at time Melbourne Storm led they ended up winning the game 18 points to 13 a Warbrick try in the uh, the 79th minute Will Warbrick the uh, the Storm winger squeezing over for a try to uh, to clinch the game 20,000 supporters saw that one Melbourne Storm 18 Sydney Roosters 13 so the playoff preliminary finals don't know how much to say that word. I was sure to say it. Uh, this weekend, Friday the 23rd of September, it's Penrith against Melbourne Storm. That game kicks off at 10.50 on Sky. The following day, Saturday, at the Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane, it's Brisbane Broncos against New Zealand Warriors. 10.50 also on Sky. You've got two cracking matches to look forward to this weekend. Well, finally this week, we'll have a look at domestic rugby league. Super League's been great. The championship's probably just as good as well. And we'll also talk, talk to you about the uh, the League One final eliminator. But we'll start off with Super League. It was uh, round 26. Catalan Dragons, they blasted Leeds Rhinos. 61 points nil. They beat them 50-0, I think, last week, Leeds against Wigan. I think it was 50-0. And 61-0 this weekend's Catalan Dragons. So, uh, big win for the Dragons. Hull FC, 20. Huddersfield Giants, 52. Hull Kingston Rovers, 12. Salford, nil. Lee, 20. Wakefield, 19. This was a cracking match, this one. I was following this game on Friday night. And um, on the on the radio, local radio and uh, it was 12-6 at half time some fantastic play in the second half a field goal from uh, Gareth O'Brien in the 76th minute and then it was levelled by uh, by Luke Gale in the 79th minute 19 points apiece it goes into golden point extra time the second period of golden point extra time and I think it was the last minute as well the 89th minute Gareth O'Brien has popped up dropped a goal and sent Wakefield Trinity to relegation Lee 20 Wakefield 19 another good game on Friday night was keeping me on was Warrington 6 St. Ellen's 18 it was close game that 12-0 Saints led at the break uh, Daryl Clark trying the second half and that game was locked at 12-6 for a long time until uh, Moses and I scored in the last minute of the game to give uh, St. Helens a deserved victory, really, with better side, 18 points to six. Wigan Warriors uh, blasted Casford Tigers on Friday night. They won by 48 points to six. Round 26 of the championship, one round to go this weekend. Keith Lacouga's 22, Halifax Panthers 23. What a game this one was. A Jufre drop goal 
Two minutes from time, giving the win to Halifax. Great game there. Big crowd as well, almost 2,500 at Cougar Park for that one. London Broncos, 10. Bradford Bulls, 12. Newcastle Thunder, 36. Barrow, 24. This was another big win. Newcastle Thunder already relegated. Uh, miles behind at the bottom, really. Barrow struggling, facing relegation themselves. A win there would have made them safe. They went down 36 points to 24. Swinton Lions, 21. Whitehaven, 20. A drop goal. Uh, really late in the game for Swinton, uh, giving them the victory in that game, 21-20. Another big crowd as well for Swinton, over 1,300 there for that one. So uh, good attendance, good afternoon. Swinton have still got it all to do, though. They're still in the drop zone. We'll have a look at the table shortly. Two's Olympic 16, Featherston 29. That game was played on Saturday evening. Witness 18, Sheffield Eagles 38. So... This is how the league table looks. Featherston have got 48. They've come top. Then it's Toulouse with 36. Sheffield, 32. Bradford have got 31. London, 30. Halifax Panthers, 29. Just outside the playoffs are Brad, uh, Batley Bulldogs, who can still make the playoffs. It's between Batley and Halifax for that final place. Uh, Batley had a game in hand, uh, and they lost that game on Monday, I think, against York, if my memory is any good. I'm sure York won that game on uh, Monday night. So, the bottom of the table, Newcastle are relegated on 11 points. Swinton have got 16, and they're on minus 323. Keith LeCougars are just above them on 16 points, and they're minus 323 points. Exactly the same record as Swinton. Then Whitehaven have got 16 points. They're on minus 318, which is five points better than Keithley and Swinton. And then Barrow have got 17 points. They're on minus 188. So their points difference is better, but Barrow... Uh, need, need a draw really to be safe but the fixtures for this weekend we'll look at the championship before we look at anything else Saturday the 23rd of September Betfred Championship it's Batley against Newcastle that's at 3 o'clock Batley win that and they're probably going to finish in the playoffs uh, hoping if Halifax lose Halifax have got Swinton on the Sunday the rest of the Saturday fixtures I'm talking riddles here aren't it's that exciting Featherson have got Widnes 6 o'clock Saturday evening Whitehaven have got Toulouse Olympic that's 3 o'clock massive game for Whitehaven uh, on Sunday Barrow have got York at 3 o'clock Halifax have got Swinton all on that game Halifax need to win to get in the playoffs Swinton need to win to stay up London have got Keithley and Sheffield Eagles have got Bradford that game's on fire play at 6.30 there's a Betfred League 1 promotion final I'll tell you about that in a second because it was the final eliminator at the weekend Hunslet 18 North Wales Crusaders 25 so North Wales Crusaders are in the final the grand, the promotion final that is Betfred League 1 Doncaster against North Wales Crusaders that's 3 o'clock on Saturday the Super League fixtures are all on Friday night the Sky games have yet to be confirmed, I think, but they're all 8 o'clock kickoffs, with it being the last round. Huddersfield have got Warrington, Leeds have got Castleford, Lee have got Wigan, Salford have got Catalan Dragons, Saints have got Hull FC, and Wakefield Trinity have got Hull Kingston Rovers. The table at the moment, obviously Wakefield are relegated. Wigan are top with 38, Catalan are second with 38, Saints are third with 38. So one of those three is going to win the league leader shield. Lee have got 32, Hull Car have got 30, so those two could swap places depending on scores. Warrington have got 26, and Salford have got 26. So, Warrington's points difference is 73. Salford's is minus 7. So Salford have got a win and better Warrington's result. Really. So a win for Salford, draw or defeat for Warrington would see Salford into the top six. If not, Warrington will make up the playoff places. Bit of a matter from that this week. That's all I've got for you. Take care. I'll see you on Friday night for Salford's uh, final regular season game against Catalan Dragons. 8 o'clock. Take care. Have a good week. All the best. See you Friday. So that was Whitesides World Rugby League. And now we'll look forward to the big games this weekend. It's time for the Devil of the Deep Sands 
So we'll start with our ladies. They are in uh, playoff semi-final action away at Lee Twist Lane on Sunday, 2pm kickoff at Parker. Narrow defeat last time at Lee, uh, but they're going to be confident going to this contest. Yeah, well, it's all or nothing, isn't it? Winner takes all in, in, in this, and it's something they built for in the season. As I've said every week, we, we need to we need to start well. We can get we can get on top early. We always finish strong, mm. so we can stay in the game. I mean, it's got to be tough. Let's not make any bones about that. Being away at Lee, it's, it's not going to be great, but just show. I mean, the thing is for me, it's, it's the progress that we've made. We're in the playoffs now in this this league. Who knows where it could lead? We 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 could get a result, and then we're moving on again. We're one step away from from the actual Super League. I mean, that's unbelievable for this. This this group of, of girls who have been together no time at all, uh, but it is a big game. It's going to be a big challenge. But we've had a week off, so hopefully we, we can get a few bodies back, which has been our problem all year, I think. And and just go for it. Just nothing to lose. Don't leave anything in the changing room. Just leave it out on the pitch and see what happens. But no matter what, it's been another another successful year for them. Yeah, obviously semi final uh, rugby, Paul. There is there is pressure in that in that. We went through a sort of a, a playoff process last season, getting to sort of the grand final, which ended in defeat. But we're going into this one, not as much pressure on because Lee are, are the the favourites. They're at home; it's all on them to perform. Yeah, of course, is you, you're the um, the underdogs, if you like, really, aren't you? Like you said, the pressure on the home side; they're the high, higher in the table. They're probably expected to win. So you just, like you say, you just go out there and, and, and play your game, don't you? And sometimes you can be dangerous. I mean, you'll probably see, I think last weekend, there was a, I think Newcastle have been relegated and they went and turned Barrow over because the shackles are off, so to speak, aren't they? Because you've got that less pressure. Look at Wakefield in the, the men's this, this week. They've been relegated. They play all KR. They could they could turn them over. You don't really know, do you? So, no, I think the ladies have got to approach this and just, just go for it. Just go for it and, and just see what happens because pressure's off here. And it's the same for us against Catalan, the, the men's team. Just go for it this weekend. I don't like the same free hit. I don't agree with that. But I think you've just got to sometimes just, just back your instincts and just see where it takes you. Yeah. I think the, the danger for, for Lee Parker will come from Rihanna Burke, Emma Knowles, and Alicia Derbyshire. They're the pivots in their line. Um, everything went through them three. If we can close them down, uh, it gives us opportunity to, to to punish them. Yeah, I mean the thing is they've got they've got a lot of experienced girls there. Like girls who have been playing the game a long time, know know the game inside out, and and some that have probably played at a little bit of a higher level as well. So it's a massive test for our girls. But we we know what to expect. We've we've been there through the season now. We've played against these teams. We know their strengths and weaknesses. Nothing will be a shock. There's no. She's caught us out because we, we didn't expect her to be that good. We know exactly what we're facing. And I'm sure they've done the work in training in the last week or so. Like I said, you had that week off, so that would give them a chance to, to relax, but concentrate on this. Study, study the opposition. And, and fingers crossed, we, we found weaknesses in, in there from the last time we played. Mm. And you do learn. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to 2019 with the, with the men's team. And the, we went to Wigan in the playoffs and we got beat. And I remember coming out of that ground saying, we took more out of that game than they did. Yeah. Even though we lost, we learned a lot about Wigan that day. And we went back a week later, and, well, two weeks later, sorry, and, and we all know what happened. So, yeah, it could, it could be a benefit for us. And it, if anything, Lee may underestimate us a little bit. 
So it's going to be good. I'm, I'm hoping. I am hoping to get there. There are plans for me to be out and about. So fingers crossed. I can I can go down my up. A few others can can make the trip. Yeah, exciting times uh, for for our ladies. Another. Just move forward, move on to, to Paul Rowley's men. Uh, one of our ladies, Darcy Price, is representing Jamaica uh, in the next week or so, playing the USA and Canada. I think she set off uh, was it yesterday uh, with the Jamaica squad, which is pretty oh. amazing, isn't it, Parky? Obviously, one of our, our ladies oh. representing the country. Uh, I mean, it, to, to represent your country must be it must be the biggest buzz you can get. I can't imagine the, the pride that you would feel, but I mean... I don't know where it's taking place, this, but I mean, I'm sure I'd, if I was there, it would be open it taking place in Jamaica. I mean, that'd be a, I mean, a nice little fillet at the end of the season. But <laughs> uh, no, she's, yeah, I mean, fully, fully deserved. And uh, I know uh, Jamaica, I think I remember him playing last year. Did he play in something in the World Cup last year? Mm. And they had some real athletes. They, they lacked a little bit of rugby league uh, smarts, if you like, but. I think it's something they're going to develop, and it's great for us to be part of that. Yeah, it's they're playing in the UWI Moana Bowl, so I think it's in America. I think, but we'll keep our eye on it and see if she 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 plays Paul. But what, like Parky said, we don't know what achievements play for your country, and obviously being a red as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It just um, it just shows you how much progress we're making, doesn't it? Getting picked to play <coughs> international rugby league. I mean. After what twelve months, eighteen months playing for Salford, so yeah, I just hope more ladies can follow, more more girls can follow the example as well. So, so yeah, how, how exciting is that? I mean, to be travelling abroad as well, playing rugby league, it's, you don't get any better than that. You're living the dream, aren't you? Yeah. So good luck to her as well, uh, and we'll we'll see how that plays out. So let's move on to Friday night and Paul Rowley's men. They are at home to Catalan Dragons. Must win. Uh, and rely on other fixtures and other results, uh, Paul, to get us over the line into the playoffs. Yeah, I've said it all week. I don't think you can look at um, Warrington and Huddersfield. Just let them do what they want. We've got to beat Catalans and then worry about that afterwards. You've got a job to do first, and that job is a massive task. You look at the way Catalans played last weekend against uh, against Leeds. They absolutely blew them away. And they're hitting form again at the right time. They're not going to take it easy on us because they're gunning for top spot. They've been top for most of the season. They've lost the top spot. And I think they want to win that league leader shield. And they've got a chance because they've got a better points difference, I think, than St. Helens. The points difference is worse than Wigan's, but Wigan have got to play Lee, which is a tough game away from home. So there's a chance that Wigan could get beat. So Catalans have got a job to do as well. So we've just got to go and play our game. If we win that game and Warrington win their game, good luck to Warrington. But you can't start looking at Warrington's score until you've got yours sorted. So we've just got to focus on them because Catalans will not be easy. No. Catalan Dragons hammered Leeds 61-0 last week. Parky, obviously, we talked about Leeds last week and what's going on there. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Catalan can get to that level again because sometimes you, you put a big score on teams and you, you you end up blowing yourself out. Yeah, possibly. I mean, the, the other thing is they'll, they'll think back to when they came here early in the season um, and that missed their conversion in the last minute. Mm. Cost them the game. It was a tough game, but they want a little bit of revenge. They're they're a really really good team all over the park. They, they, I don't see a weakness in in Catalan at the moment. I don't think they'll win the league, but they can certainly do themselves a favour and 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 finish second for for the 
for the playoffs, which is it's going to be a massive thing for them. But I've got I've got to say, looking at the fixtures, I think Saints will turn Hull over. Um, so it's hard to play for. It'd be great if Castellan had no pressure on him. And he could just come over here, rest a couple of players, get ready for the playoffs or whatever. But uh, it's not going to be that way. But it's a, this is why we're in the Super League. And if we do, if we do win, and, and Huddersfield and our former manager and other ex-players do us a favour, we'll have to play probably Catalan again or Saints or, whatever, or whoever away from home. This is what it's all about. This is why you're in it. These big games. So we, this is this could be. If things go for us, this could be the the, the sort of the, the the perfect game for us going into the playoffs. It gets you ready for that. This is this is again like we just said about the girls. This is do or die. There's, there's nothing after this if we if we if we lose. We might even win and get nothing after this. But we've got to go out and just throw everything at them and give give just give them hell uh, and make sure that they know that they're in a game. But it's it's going to be very very tough. But we've got a half decent record against them. And sometimes they don't travel the best a Friday night. I don't know what their travel arrangements are this week. They obviously had to change them because it, all the fixtures got moved to Friday. I think it should have been a Sunday. Whether that's had any effect on the training for this week, I don't know. But we've got to try and use every bit of advantage we can. Hopefully the weather will play ball for us. It's not being 40 degrees like it is when you go over there. Although it'll be windy and wet and they'll, they'll not like it. So, uh you know, it's interesting, but we're in it. It's the last game of the season, the regular game of the season, and we're still in the running for the playoffs. And I keep saying it, and I've said it every week, Salford fans need to realise for what we are and who we are, this is massive. We yeah. are, we've done, we've, what we're achieving at the moment is way above what, what realistically we, people think we can. And once again, if we do finish sixth, brilliant. We've got a playoff game. The season extends. We get a little bit more into the season. Otherwise, there's a long gap in between now and February. But if we don't, I'm still going to be I'm still going to be proud of the lads for what they've achieved this year. That, as I said last week, there's some big clubs with a lot of money below us um, who can't get to where we can get with with the, the lack of resource that we've got. People knock us every week. You've got no money. You don't have the fans. You can't do this. You don't hold your ground. You're still in the playoffs at this stage. And that'll do for me. Weather report for Friday, Paul. Yeah, let's have a butchers. Paul's uh, Parky wants uh, wind, and he wants driving rain. If you can. Well, my phone's set for uh, Chadderton where I live, so let's have a look at so for Friday night. It's going to rain Friday. Oh, good. Highs of fifth, highs of fifteen, and lows of eight. It's going a bit cooler, isn't it? It's mm. uh, it's not what it was. You think a couple of weeks ago it was. Boiling, wasn't it? But, but no, I don't know. It's the pitch is always immaculate and soft, anyway, with it rain, snows are sunshine, and so in the picture, we're in good condition. But I think we just need a fast start, Rob, don't we? We need a fast start, come out and uh, give the supporters a real good send off. Because I think I said to you on the radio on Sunday, it, when you play that last game of the season, whether you if you win that game, even if you don't make the playoffs, you win that game, people go home happy. And they remember that then for the the cold sort of November December months, because you, you that's your memory then to to last year all you know through Christmas and that. So so yeah, let's let's go off with a bang, beat Catalan, and whatever happens at, at Warrington Huddersfield happens. But we do our job and win the game, and if we get a shot at the playoffs. We get a shot at the playoffs, but, but no, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I spoke to Krishna Inu in the pre-match press conference, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> 
coach's corner. Hi, Chris Nan, you okay? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Defeat against Hawkins the Robbers. What pleased you most about that performance in defeat? That we got home safe. Good. Okay. That's fine. Obviously, it's a tough place to go, but I suppose experience in, in them types of games uh, is good going forward next time you're getting that type again. Yeah, it's tough to, to get a hole and, and come back with the result. The teams that have done it, they're, they're the teams that have played to their best and obviously held the ball longer. So using what we our experiences and our game that we've we've had against them leading into a game like this, it's experience, like I said. Um, there's a lot of things you learn about yourself as a person and as a player and as a team, and those are the things that we need to be better at and and sharpen our, our, our skills in, in leading into bigger games like, like this one. Yeah, Catalan is a huge game. Uh, you've played in some big games in the past. Have you passed on any experience to our players uh, ahead of tomorrow's game? Um, I try to. If if the boys ask, I'll, I'll give a bit of knowledge about the experiences I've had and, and leading into games like this. Um, if, if it's a younger player who's who's not uh, overly confident in, in speaking up, so... I'll, I'll share my my knowledge as best I can and help someone out as, as much as I could. As a coach, is it more or less stressful in this situation? I think it's a different stress. I think everyone's asked me how coaching is to playing. I think the transition's been a bit easier. Uh, I didn't get to miss the game as much because I'm still around every day. Um, but the stress, I think, is different. I I, I don't think as a player, I, I really stress uh, as a coach, it's a lot more different. Well, I suppose when games like this roll around, you wish you were out there still playing? Yeah, always. Um, I think Rosie still wishes he can play sometimes. You, you never lose the love for the game. And and um, hoping and, and knowing that you wish you could be out there to, to help your team. So, yeah. Yeah, obviously we're relying on other teams uh, to do us a favour to get in the six. Um, what's the plan uh, to see about the, the scores that are happening elsewhere? Is it radio silence or do you have a trusted source to go to to, to get the correct score? No, we're not. We're not going into our game thinking about other people's games. We're, we're just worried solely on ourselves. If uh, results happen to go our way, let it be. But for us, we need to focus on Catalan and Catalan only. Brilliant. Thanks for talking to us. Uh, I won't do the, the goodbye. We'll save that uh, Well, for Old Trafford in two or three weeks' time. No worries, Tommy. So that was Chris Ninu talking to me in the pre-match press conference. Parker, prediction time. What's your thoughts? Well, it, it, the, the only sort of downside at the moment is this these rumours of this illness or virus or whatever it is in the camp. And it, it depends on how many bodies we can put out there. It's going to going to affect us. If if, however, there's it's a bit of a ruse or whatever, I don't know. Paul Rowley's been good at that in the past, and we do have more or less a fully fit team out there as much as we can. The players will know what's on this. They'll know that. I mean, that last Saturday night wasn't wasn't what they wanted. Wasn't perhaps as good as. So they'll have worked on it this week, hopefully. And I'm going to say it's going to be a nail bite of a, of a last uh, last day of the season for us. I'm going to put us down for a win. Mm. Just I'm going to say 22-20. Okay. But I'm actually going to say that Warrington are going to beat Huddersfield on a golden point drop goal. <sighs> no, well, I can imagine. I'd have to be. I'd find a bucket to 
be sicking. I think about it. I think I just think that's that's been our luck this year. I think it's mm. just everything that's happened to us throughout the season. That's just that would be typical for us. Paul, have you got anything that's more glorious? I don't have to be sick in a bucket if it happens. No, I think they'll both get beat. I think Warrington will get beat and we'll get beat. But <laughs> no, I, but I think Warrington will get trumped off Huddersfield because I, I think they're gone. I don't think the supporters want it. I don't think their players want it. I don't think they're bothered. I think they just want to write the season off. My prediction for Salford, I think we'll win. Um, he's very close to Parky's prediction, actually. I've had 24-22 in my head all week, so I'm going to go with that. 24-22. I'm going for drama. Uh, like Parky said, we'll be people with transistor radios attached to their ears with about 20 minutes to go listening to see what what are doing at Huddersfield. I'm going to go Salford 30, Catalan 28, and it'll be a max need conversion with about two minutes to go, which puts us in the playoffs, Parky. Yeah, I could see that. We usually do have fairly high-scoring games against them, I think. Mm. We've had a few in the past, so that wouldn't surprise me, especially the way that both teams attack. I mean, the, the, the thing is with Catalan there, I mean, you look at their wingers in, in Davies and, and Johnson. I mean, wow. Mm. Two, two of the best in the league. And, and both British, which is, which is fantastic. Sam Tompkins, again, it's the last time we'll see him play at the, uh, the Salford Stadium, so... I'm sure he'll get the usual respect from the from the, the south stand. But I, I must say, what a player he's been, by the way, an absolute worldy at times. And I think I think the older he's got, the better he's got. But yeah, so they've got pace, they've got skill, and they've got power up front. It's going to be a, a massive, massive challenge. But like I say, we've just got to go out there and just throw everything at them. Final thoughts, Paul. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot this week about people saying, oh, it's going to be tough and this, that, and the other. But you want it tough, don't you? If you get in the playoffs, you're not going to get an easy game in the playoffs. You're not going to say, yeah, you beat Catalan, you can have a free ride to the grand final. No. <laughs> you've got you've got to play it tough every week. Haven't you? If you want to win trophies and win top-flight rugby league trophies, you've got to beat the best. So there's no point in, in trying to hide. You've got to go out there and do the business, haven't you? So if we beat Catalans, we might have to go over there and beat them. Tell you what, you beat them over there, though. Say that that, that happened... Then you won game from a grand final. Mm. The way the playoffs work now, you've got to win two matches. Look at last season, we beat Huddersfield and, and you're there. You're almost there, aren't you? So a lot can happen in a, in a couple of weeks. You don't know. You, you beat Catalan, you go over there, they get a man sent off, it's thunderstorms. God knows what happens. Jack Armoride scores an hat-trick and Salford win the game. So you don't know what's going to happen, do you? You don't know. So, so I, I like the Paul Rowley way. Take each game as it comes. Let, let's get Friday night out of the way, then we can concentrate on getting panic flights over to France because that's going to be difficult and then getting a flight over there at a week's notice. Yeah, in September. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, as I was going to say, like you say, it's a learning experience, isn't it, for, for both our ladies and, and, and men's team. Big games, big characters come alive, don't they? And somebody who's who's going to be wearing that red shirt on on Friday and on Sunday could be a hero, could make themselves a hero on, on Sunday by producing a, a performance that, that takes their team into a into a into a playoff or, or a playoff grand final. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Another great show, Parker. Uh, we managed to break our exciting news about us our mm-hmm. shortlisted 
uh, nomination in the British Independent Podcast Awards. Like I said, nominated in the best independent sports podcast and the best jingle 2023 uh, i want to say a big thanks to all our listeners for listening and uh, enjoying the show and supporting us yeah uh, i mean that's that's still knocked me a little bit that i don't, I don't think it's sunk in yet that so like we, we thank everybody every week not just for listening but for everything that we do and the contributions and everything else and it's just it's a pleasure for us to do it it's, we just get to talk talk about Salford. i mean God, I could do it all day and all night if I if I had a chance. But I'd probably get beaten up. But yeah, no, just thanks. And I mean that news is I don't know. It's something something special. Like like the ladies' team, and hopefully like the men's team, we are achieving something that uh, I don't think any of us expected. So yeah, no brilliant. Thanks. Thanks to everyone for, for tuning in again. Yeah. Another great show. Like Parky said, Paul, it kind of blows your mind the the, the journey that we're on really the club as well as, as us this podcast yeah I'm just glad people like it Rob <clears throat> I'm just glad they like listening to us and but I'm losing my voice like listening to the, 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 no no <laughs> a froggy. I need another cup of tea mate that's what it is no I'm just I'm just glad that people like the show and, and, they, and they enjoy it and uh, I think it, it has been a good show last few years hasn't it and I've really really enjoyed doing it and enjoyed chatting to you guys and that and I think it's a real sort of close-knit club Salford isn't it and I think people appreciate what we're doing we appreciate what they're doing everybody gets along don't they so so no I, I really enjoy doing it and let's hope we can keep making it bigger and better yeah don't forget if you want to support supporters you can via the Kofi click on our socials you'll find it on there every penny goes to the programs to help us produce this fine podcast that you're listening to today so big thanks for joining us on this week's devil in the detail abra parking fans on facebook devil in the detail srd fans on twitter at the itd srd and fans on soundcloud itunes radio contact spotify and youtube good luck reds we'll see you on the other side Ha, 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 ha.